and welcome to the latest episode of the Online Warriors podcast. I'm Illegal 86, as always, joined by the Lovebirds, Tactic and Nerd Bomber. Tweet, 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 tweet. Can I, can I say you're in love or does that make you uncomfortable? <laughs> He's giggling like a fool over there. So, so yes. <laughs> it's completely unrelated while I'm, why I'm giggling. But before we uh, had started recording, or after we started recording, we kind of had some banter that was like captured on the recording. And I said, uh, yeah, this is going to be just a lot more deleting when in post. And I go, fuck me, right? And then they both go, yeah, fuck you. And, just cracking <laughs> and then we that. started. And then we, and then we started. Yeah, no. Uh, happy Valentine's Day, guys. This, this episode is coming out the day after Valentine's Day. So uh, hopefully there's no fallout. Hopefully nothing terrible happened to you. I don't know why I would even say that. Yeah, the, you're just jinxing everybody. Hopefully you and your significant other are still together. I don't know why I would say that either. Uh, it's, it's, <laughs> it's a happy time. It's a happy time. Go go out, have some fun, kiss each other if that's your, that's your kind on. of thing. <laughs> well, I don't want to... I don't want to prescribe that, but if, <laughs> if, if, if it feels right, it feels right. We're not talking about that today. We're going to be talking about some trailers that came out during the Super Bowl, because that happened. Shout out to the Kansas City Chiefs. I, I was about to say spoiler alert, but I mean, it's it's Wednesday at this point. You, you know what happened. Or if you care, you know what happened. Uh, there are some trailers, as there always are. We're going to select a few of them and talk about them. Some that we are not talking about. And actually, I want to make mention of this. The Fast X trailer. Did you guys see this? Do you guys see that I one? Caught Jason snippets. Momoa. Jason Mimosa is now a part of... They got Jason Mimosa and they got Brie Larson. It's like, there's no more famous people. They're sco- they, everyone's scooped up. Like, it's it's crazy what they're doing. The trailer was also like three minutes long. I, I Again, it's crazy. I'm like fast and furious at this point. It's kind of a thing where I'm like, man, it's ridiculous. But like, should I invest? Should I buy, in, should I buy into this? Because like, they're just going to keep making before. movies we forever. Need to watch. We just need to have like a watch party. And just burn through them all. He also said family like 10 times in the trailer. <laughs> it's like they were trying to make him say it. 10 times. What's funny Crazy. to me about the Fast and the Furious franchise as a whole is in the beginning, like they were just legit racing movies. Just they were, street racing. Yeah, they were very grounded. And then somewhere along the line, they became this like, I don't even know. They're spy thrillers slash they're, bombastic yeah, they're like, action. Like it makes no sense. I don't even, yeah, I don't even know what they are. Maybe some, at Online Warriors 1, someone tell us, what are they, CIA? I, I don't think so. There's some kind of agency that's like saving the planet. I, I don't know when we got to that point. Probably Fast Five. I'm going to guess Fast Five is when that happened. Although Fast Four, possibly. Whenever The Rock got involved, basically. I think that's probably when it started going in that direction. It was after Paul Walker, RIP. Because well, his yeah, but that character... was after it's like two, well, wasn't it? No, he was in, I think, up to like four, maybe five. I don't remember. There's so many of them. But he was like he was in the first like four or five of them. And his character and how he became, I guess, with all of the other people. He was like FBI. He was, yeah, he was he an FBI undercover agent. And yeah. somehow like did they just do a good enough job when he was working with them where they just became like 007 people? I don't even know. The original movie, by the way. Like, as we've mentioned, very different and like pretty good. I oh, guess the only one I've seen good. all the way through, and it was like kind of a big deal and kind of for good reason. And now they're just like caricatures, which are also like, by the way, I have seen like I watched Hobbs and Shaw in theaters and I had a great time and I had no idea what was going on. But like, say what you will about these movies, they know exactly what they are. They're like, you're not here to, for any plot, you're just here to watch things go boom and also vroom vroom cars. And that's the whole thing. 
So, uh, yeah, FastX. We're not going to talk about that one today other than what we just talked about. But uh, we're going to be talking about a couple of trailers. Uh, we're going to be talking about The Flash, which I imagine Tectic is very excited about. So we'll get to that. And then we've got a short little TV spot for Indiana Jones 5 that we'll also talk about. And then, of course, we're going to be dedicating a large chunk of the episode to the Nintendo Direct from last week. And in particular, the big, fat, juicy announcement that you all know that I'm going to bring up. More on that to come. I think we're gonna. I think we're probably gonna do the old Nintendo Direct sandwich here. We'll start with the trailer and then we'll get into that. But takeaways from the Super Bowl. I guess before we get into like the specific trailers, I just want to like make a, a general note of like c- uh, commercials. What happened to commercials? Yo, commercials are. Can kind we of can bad we unpack now. this? Well, I know like, exactly what happened. So at some point along the line, they stopped going for clever and funny, and they were just like, let's get celebrity cameos. And now that's all they are. And they're not really funny. They're not really clever. It's just a bunch of celebrity cameos. And it's a lot of like, and I noticed that the two that I remember off the top of my head, actually there's three, Breaking Bad, Clueless, and Zoolander. All three were directly referenced by the original cast in f- in favor of some sort of product. I guess like, and I think we've talked about on the show before how I just don't like understand advertising at its basis level. There is no planet on which I would see a zoolander reference and be like god you know what that makes me want an ice cold glass of pepsi like there's just i, I don't understand like i don't even remember what the company was when with their clueless one it's like yeah okay i'll acknowledge that clueless was a movie that came out in like the 90s i can maybe get on board with like potato chips or whatever but where it really lost me with with celebrities and products is diabetes medicine that was i think yeah that was interesting that just it, it feels too far Although Nick Jonas is a diabetic. He's a diabetic. Yeah. And he's a big proponent of, you know, diabetic outreach and getting people to understand more about it. That said, like, it is weird in general, I think, and probably something that only happens in America where during the Super Bowl, we're being advertised medicine, but that's a whole nother ball of worms. That's right. Ball of worms. Ball ball of worms. Wow. It sounds sounds terrible. But yeah, like, I, I don't, the Breaking Bad one. I like I heard buzz about it before the Super Bowl. Oh yeah, it was released well before. And again, it was like it, uh, okay, like popcorners are a product and Breaking Bad was a show. Why is this a good advertisement for popcorners? Why is this going to make people buy pop? You just they like they spent to get Aaron Paul and Brian Cranston and whatever 30 seconds of airtime during the Super Bowl. It probably cost popcorners a solid like 5 million dollars or something ridiculous. It's like can you imagine what they could use that money for that wasn't that? I, maybe that's what it is for me of like the enjoyment of the commercials is gone for me now is like i'm just thinking like you spend so much money and that's what you came up with and that's supposed to make me buy your product like man take a hike well i think just, it just bothers the crap out of me when you look at one of the most effective ones that i remember from last year and granted i don't remember what company it was but i remember actually like thinking about the commercial for longer than five seconds was the bouncing the QR, qr code, code one so yeah. simple it was only on for like a matter of what five ten seconds or so probably super cheap to make like it was it was for like impactful. bitcoin or something yeah i think it was for like coinbase but like yeah, i don't know like, they didn't have I, to spend possible. money on celebrities and i remember that more than probably anything else that, last year it's still definitely possible for companies to be creative and funny. Like, I think Doritos was a company, maybe not so much anymore, but they were a company for a while that was very capable of making really funny ads that didn't involve big celebrity cameos. And I think Bud Light, you could say the same thing. But like, yeah, I think you might be right in saying that that's just kind of over now. Wait, did we not get a Budweiser dog commercial? We used to get the Budweiser horse and dog. It was Did they not do that? It was literally what I was looking forward to, and I, I didn't see it. If it was there, I missed it. What the hell? 
So that was a, yeah, I just wanted to say that about the commercials. And also congratulations to Brianna on her pregnancy, which has been formally confirmed. Can we take a moment? How terrified? I just need to know how terrified I was realizing that she was pregnant and like up in the air. And for a split second, you couldn't tell if she was like strapped into anything, but then it was like a tether like going down into the ground but i was looking for the string going up like tethering her to one of the supports or something and i was like she's just up there on this wobbly platform super pregnant what well i can't tell if it was genius or stupid of her to, like you know what the thing i was not focused on about her performance was what the music or the dancing or anything but like she came out and we were all like wait is she pregnant again and that dominated our entire conversation and our entire focus during her performance. So, like, we were focused on it. So, I guess, like, score one for Rihanna. But also, like, the things that she had probably worked very hard on, we were not thinking about at all. We were just like, is she pregnant? She hasn't formally announced. Like, it could be that just the outfit is, like, contoured in such a way where it looks like she is. But then, like, she, like, she like pr- made it pretty clear at one point in the performance. But it was just, like, I don't know. I thought that was very interesting. I mean, she did do a heck of a performance, though. I mean, she's got a lot of bangers. That, that that also kind of came through in like you know rihanna i think i'm not a, the biggest rihanna fan on the planet but like she just kind of you know i think she did exactly what she was supposed to do as a super bowl performer which is like kind of mush together all your hits and make people remember that they like you and I, she did that so shout out to her let's talk about the flash because this was definitely the meteor of the of the two trailers we're going to touch on i mean this was pretty significantly long the other thing the super bowl trailers i went back and watched this later because at a super bowl party you're not going to absorb any of this i just like i kind of saw it happening and was like okay there's michael keaton okay there's ezra miller obviously i'll watch it later that was like (laughs) that was pretty much my exposure to it at the time of watching it but then going back and today kind of dissecting it there's a lot happening here for one thing is it kara kent kara kent is, is her last name Kent? Do we know like, the super Supergirl? Uh, Let's talk about that part okay. because that was a that was a surprise for me. And like I was expecting Michael Keaton, I got Michael Keaton, but that I wasn't expecting. So tactic, I'm going to swing it over to you. Uh, walk it's, us through what happened here. It's Kara Zorel. Kent is his person name. There is that's she doesn't take his fake. Well, sure. I, alias in an al- in an alternate universe, I guess I don't know. Like I was like, okay, this is a multiverse in which Superman was not a man. But he still might have, or she still might have, you know, been a Kent. I don't, I don't, I don't have the Well, context. no, Supergirl exists in the same universe as Superman. Yeah. Yeah, I was a little kind of thrown off why they decided to use an alternate universe to introduce her. It's a way to do it. Well, yeah, so I was kind of disappointed. It wasn't clear right away. I'm, I'm confused. Because I thought that was alternate universe stuff. Because they like, it's like, here's it, Michael Keaton, it alternate was universe because Batman. There was the other Barry was, was there when, when she was introduced. So it had to be in that alternate timeline. So interesting way to introduce her. I'm kind of curious how they're going to meld it all together because if it's an alternate timeline, he can't really bring people back to the timeline. They would just have to exist on their own in the original timeline. So I was a little interested on that. Maybe it was just a soft intro and then there'll be a hard intro of the same character just as a different, you know, a different embodiment different timeline version it'll have to be a different timeline because didn't they say and maybe i'm wrong here but didn't they say that ezra miller will not be continuing on in his role or am i wrong they're flip-flop i, mean, sure I, I don't know what to, to believe on that honestly it's it's that whole thing's very confusing so right now we're just going to focus on what we've got and it's ezra miller uh, i think that's the safe yuck. approach sorry just hard yuck now michael keaton you know hard yay hard yay i i, I like him i like his batman I don't remember that uh, his Batman being this 
kind of like like moving as much and being this badass i think it's appropriate that like i'm not sure i'm not sure how often we're going to see michael keaton without his mask on because so, if he takes his mask off you're going to realize how old michael keaton is i, I, think, I think that's, that's going to be a detriment though. to the character I, I still i still say and I, I will die on this until they tell me otherwise but i still it's say that's thomas wayne man that's, that's thomas wayne it is if he if he, they see how old he is then that's going to be the oh He's not Bruce. He's Thomas. And that's why they did that's intentional in the trailers. It is a key metric in the Flashpoint paradox that Thomas Wayne is is the Batman, not Bruce Wayne. Okay. And I've yet to be proven otherwise. They didn't call him Bruce once. And I'm telling you, that is intentional. And like I understand that that's what happens in the comics. I really do. But I think because he's already well known as Bruce Wayne in a different cinematic, I'm not going to call it a cinematic universe, but a cinematic iteration of Batman, I think what's more likely is he's going to be an old Bruce Wayne. And that's how you're going to get one of the young Batman Robin situations happening. Yeah, I just, I don't, I don't know what it feels like for you guys to be wrong all the time. It feels great. It feels fine. It feels, yeah, it feels <laughs> fine. So, so, so I guess I just don't see them flying so f- strongly. Like, don't, I guess it would be interesting if they were, like, if he was suddenly gave some reveal. Like, that would Thomas be Lane. for for people not knowing the story arc. That would be this big gasp moment, and you know, you know that that's what puts asses in the seats. They're going well, to it. but that's no. the thing, though. What, I think what, it might be what too puts confusing. asses in the yeah. What puts asses in the seats is I want to see Michael Keaton as Batman again. That's it full stop like i think if you if he says i'm thomas wayne people at least and clearly you won't feel this way but a lot of people are going to feel ripped off they're gonna be like this is not the same character this the same character is what i showed up for think about think about it this way people showed up for and i know i'm aware it's totally different situation but bear with me bitey man people heard yes people heard whispers in the twitter sphere that toby mcguire and andrew garfield were going to come back as spider-man in the spider-man movie and so they showed up. I, I'm guilty of this. I showed up being like, give me Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. If they would have been like, this is, here's Tobey Maguire's Uncle Ben. I'd have been like, this is crap. I would have been legitimately upset. I know it's not the same thing, but it's like kind of, it's adjacent, I feel like. Well, you're going to be disappointed. So, That's all I have to tell you. Now, the thing that is confusing to me is, again, going back to the ties to Flashpoint Paradox, the main villain was the reverse Flash. We have yet to be introduced to him yet. And it seems like the big bad has already been introduced in this trailer, and it's just going to be a it's going to be a rehash of General Zod, which lame. I get that it's going to be sort of the the again Kryptonian fight, whatever. But I just I don't want to see that again. I want to see Reverse Flash being the sick, twisted, demented person that he is, terrorizing the Flash. It is time. You don't have Reverse Flash without Flash. That's just it. So I still think we're going to see that. And I'm a little confused as to why we didn't yet, but I don't lose hope on Tom Swain is, is the end of my shtick. The other thing I want to kind of highlight is even just in this trailer, like, man, I wish Ezra Miller could get his crap together because he's, I think he's really great. I think he's great in this role. I And man, he just is blowing it in every facet of the word uh, off screen. You know, and as he's, gonna, someone... he's forcing their hand. I I just, I don't know if I agree. As someone who really loves The Flash and loves the comic iterations of The Flash and loves the CW iteration of The Flash, 
Something about Ezra Miller's flash just feels off to me. I can't really put my finger on it. Maybe it is because I know who he is as a person and it's coloring it a little bit, but it just doesn't feel funny enough. It doesn't feel likable enough. I don't know. I don't know. I think, I mean, he's my only, I I haven't watched the, you know, the television versions of The Flash. I haven't read the comics, so I don't have a whole lot of exposure to The Flash. Barry Allen in the comics, and maybe Tectic, you can speak to this as well a little bit, but Barry Allen in the comics, at least the iterations that I have read, is even though obviously the whole like mom thing happens early in his life, he's still like a good chipper guy who's just trying to do right with the world and something about Ezra Miller's Flash seems like a little bit more beaten down and that's just not what I want out of my Barry Allen that's the that's the DCMO right they're all beaten down brooding dark yeah yeah, I I don't want a brooding dark Barry Allen I want I want the traditional Barry Allen experience I I think for me and and you might be hitting on it like it's because I I guess I see Ezra Miller's Flash. And again, t- I, for me, a lot of my consideration of this character is ripping up, putting aside all of the context that you guys have and just looking at him as in the Justice League where I first saw him. He is the only character who is ever happy ever. So like that made me like him. You know, it's he's surrounded by darkness. Yes, he has his own past, I'm sure. Yeah. It's really not touched upon in that movie. So like for me, he was like the fun kid who like maybe I could most relate to. And like he wasn't just like frowning all the time. So there, there there's so, like that's why I like him. There's a couple things. One, I think personality wise, I think Ezra Miller is actually doing a good job for the Flash. I think the the veil of darkness around surrounding this happy go lucky character is what Barry Allen. He is deeply deeply traumatized by his past i mean his father going to prison for murdering his mother that shit's dark like deeply troubled by his past but he manages to put a smile on his face all the time like that's that is i don't want to try to relate to every character ever but that is like a relatable personality in me i think i always try to put a positive spin on everything even when it's shit and i just i love that about that i think that's a perfect persona i think Ezra Miller looks too young and doesn't come off as smart enough because Barry Allen is a super, super smart character. I could maybe get on board with with him being a Wally West type character, but and and that might fit better. But ultimately that's where I think I I have a disconnect. It's not it's but the the veil of darkness I think is spot on. Yeah, I guess maybe that's it. I think he would probably have been a better Wally West, but he's just not my Barry Allen drawing another spider-man comparison i when you talk about like he doesn't seem smart enough i kind of feel the same way about tom holland and i like tom holland spider-man a lot but like seems too cool for school he seems too too cool for school and i think andrew garfield suffered from the same thing and again toby he was the only one who really did it he was like geeky guy i'm sure he's stupid smart and the other two guys didn't really sell that as much so yeah we, we can all just agree that whether you like him or dislike him as flash we can all dislike him as a person. <laughs> is, is that fair? <laughs> like, that dude needs to really, like, man, his poor publicist. Yeah, so this movie, actually, it's, I'm sure it's coming out in the summer. Perfect drive-in movie. June 16th, drive-in time. And the other looking at the cast, Ben Affleck returning, Michael Keaton. Interesting, I may be breaking this to you guys. I don't know if this is real, but you know who's listed in the cast when I Google the movie? Who? Grant Gustin. Wait, what now? Yeah, you heard me. Yeah, he's probably. I, I I think it's been rumored that he's going to be jumping across all the different 
flash variations. I think that was something we yes. knew already. Well, Nirvana seemed like she didn't know. I didn't know but this. I certainly did. I certainly well because he was Isaac Miller was in the CW's Flash, so it has to tie it there. I knew that, but I just didn't think didn't they were going to pull either. Grant Gustin into the movie. I don't know. I just didn't think, dude. I think what would make my day and like say what you want about the tackiness of the CW DC universe as a whole. Like it's the CW. It, it like what are you expecting? Grant Gustin was a phenomenal Flash, and I am one of those people who definitely signed the petition to have him be like the real Flash in the movies because he was that good. He like embodied that character so well. Well, June sixteenth, if you want to see a less good Flash, <laughs> it'll be it'll be available in in theaters and drive-ins near, nearby. So yeah, we'll move on for now. I actually think maybe it's best to now stick with the super bowl stuff and talk about indiana jones because this was a much shorter this was like a 30 second tv spot kind of thing we didn't see a whole lot new but i will say that he falls out of a plane i mean it seems like he's wearing a parachute but here's the thing about parachutes not that i know much about them but how many 75 year old men do you think could survive just the action of pulling a parachute so based on the dial of destiny and the whole premise of what this is, I had a suspicion that it was going to be sort of a uh, fountain of youth type artifact that reverses aging. And I got to say, this this trailer I think confirmed that for me. He's gonna he's gonna have an artifact that re- reverses his age, and that's why the guy's like, it doesn't have to end. We can go snorkeling again. You talking about Sala? That was like a, I feel like that was a solid impression. Was it good? It was, it was bad. It was bad. I'm sorry. It was it good was enough bad. for me to know who it was. I, I think that's a pretty interesting thought that it's going to reverse aging and or time. I mean, we've already seen a lot of de-aged Indiana Jones, right? And, and Matt we Nicholson, all thought it we was flashbacks initially, but I think that's a head fake. I'm all full of head fakes today. Yeah, you don't trust anybody. I And you know what? Hard to blame you. I, I do think, and again, this isn't a trailer we're going to talk about, but the Guardians 3 trailer... They actually, they did a weird thing where they were like, the trailer's online, go watch it. That was like their Super Bowl spot. So I did, I went and watched it. And we've talked about this on the show before. Man, they are really telegraphing. They really want you to think Rocket Raccoon is going to die. And I just don't think that's going to happen. I think that's for sure a head fake. They're not going to kill him off. Yeah, that one's a definite head fake. Yeah, I don't know. Indiana Jones, like, man, I'm going to go see Indiana Jones. Like, I think I probably said this the last time we talked about the first trailer. Like, I don't want to go see Indiana Jones, but I have to go see Indiana Jones. That's kind of where I'm at. I feel like I'm going to wait for it to be on Disney+. Plus. Yeah, I, I'm i going to see it in theaters. I think it's going to be like a family experience for me. Like, I, like my dad was like, we're going to see this. Because it's like, it was a big deal to me when I was a kid. So like, I, you know, and he remembers that. So it's like, it's going to be like this communal experience. And then we'll walk out being like, wow, that was bad. I don't know. I don't want to approach it that jaded. But like, it feels a little bit like that right now. No, I get that. I, I'm the same way with the James Bond movies. So I think you're going to have a good time. That's the thing about the Indiana Jones movies. Good, bad, plot, whatever. It's always just kind of a fun ride. It's basically Fast Five. It's going to have action. It's going to have nostalgia. And I I don't think you and your dad are going to leave disappointed. The thing I like the most, definitely, no sign of a new Indiana Jones. I think that's great. Let it die. Buff surprise. I don't you know. Like, you can't see what they're really telegraphing, though. They're basically saying, like, they're setting it up for his goddaughter to take over. No way. A hundred percent. Absolutely not. A hundred percent. I don't agree. I don't think so. I feel like we need to make a bet on this. I'll bet you a, I'll bet you a whole dollar that that doesn't happen. I'll bet you a 99 cent Taco Bell taco. 
Book it. Book it. 99 cent Taco Bell taco. The, the stakes are high, but uh, we're good. We're good for it. We can handle it. I'll go see the movie and I'll report back. Double or nothing. It's Thomas Wayne. That's not how double or nothing works. You're like the other, the first bat hasn't happened yet. But so also that's an easy free taco. So I'll take that. Okay. I will also take the double or nothing if it's being offered. Let's go. So you had the, you had, you heard it here first folks, double or nothing bets all around on the movies. This coming summer movie season, Indiana Jones and the dial of destiny is coming out June 30th. So two weeks later. June 30th, 2023. Perfect driving movie. I feel like I use that same melody for everything. My dad did say specifically, we should go see this at the drive-in. So here's to you, dad. You don't listen to the show, but if you did, you'd hear me shouting you out right now. Hi, Papa Illegal. Hello, Papa Illegal. That's what I call him. We're going to take a short break now to come back and talk about Nintendo Direct. But before we do, Mr. Stephen Keller... What is there left to say about such a magnanimous, fantastic human being that hasn't already been said? If there's anything left to say about him, I would be remiss if I did not say it. Stephen, thank you so much for continuing to support the show at the night level, the highest of our three Patreon levels. As a result of his support, Stephen gets a shout out on every episode right around now, typically. Uh, He gets input into the weekly game segment, which this week is being hosted by the Nerd Bomber. And he also, of course, gets access to the monthly secret segment and vlog and a guest spot on the show which is coming up very soon hint hint so steven supports us at the night level there's also a squire level of support on our patreon which gets you access to the monthly secret segment and vlog and there is a page level which gets you access to the monthly secret segment for any and all of the details on those levels of support you can head over to patreon.com slash online warriors podcast we also have a special shout out this week for one of our new subscribers an old friend of ours from the too vague podcast Another great podcast you guys should go check out. Just started subscribing on our Patreon. So shout out to Too Vague. And well, we know him, Ben. Good to be saying your name again. Happy to have you back. So we'll take a short break now and come back to talk about Nintendo Direct. I'm Ryan Fonzie. This is Cameron Hagee. My name is Tony Giggles. And we're three dudes who love The Legend of Zelda and love talking about The Legend of Zelda. And if you are a Zelda fan as much as we are, then come on down and listen to your heart's content. We have a podcast that we'd like to share with you. It's called A for No, B for Yes. We cover the Legend of Zelda series, different games chapter by chapter, and we have all kinds of theories about what we see and what we've experienced in the game. Do you go through Wikipedia and look up stuff based on the things you see in the game to create theories to how it could link to other things in the world that we actually live in and not the Zelda one that was the one that was created by the people that are in the world that we actually live in right now? Because if you don't, then you should watch this because we do. Did you guys get all that? If not, oh, you didn't. Okay. So we are A for no people. I'll stop. Okay, we got a Nintendo Direct last week, February 8th, to be specific, as I believe when this Direct was. I'm going to cut right to the chase. It's a great year for me to be alive. That's just, I'd. I, I, it's an embarrassment of riches. I don't even know. I, I don't know what to do with my hands. Hopefully Metroid put Prime them Remastered. on a controller. That's what you do. Well, it was finally announced. 
I want to say that I'm immensely overjoyed and excited to have this in my possession. Did you buy it already? No, I'm going to wait for the physical copy to come out, which comes out February 22nd on the 22nd. I'm sad this is not a full, tri- like I'm getting greedy now. I'm sad this is not a full trilogy, trilogy remaster, or at least it doesn't include the second one because the third one I didn't really like that much, but the second one is quite good. I think we're on the same page. Like we're probably on equal footing on Metroid fandom. Because I, at least I, ho- I hope you caught this as well. Not only are we getting Metroid Prime Remastered, but we're also now getting access and the, the Game Boy, Game Boy Advance suite Yeah, game I want to talk about that too. To Metroid Fusion, arguably the best Metroid side-scroller game, well, next to Metroid Dread, out there. Period. We're going to talk about Metroid Dread later too, because I saw a game here that I think looks very similar. But so Metroid Prime, I mean, they're where they're allowing for a two stick control scheme i actually don't think i'm going to use it that was my first thought is i was like i want the old way i don't How, mess with the old way so as someone who never played the original well any metroid game there i'll say it and i honestly really don't remember playing a first person shooter without like being able to look and walk at the same time because before i played console i was on pc so like i had mouse and keyboard how did that work i believe if I'm, i need to be holding a controller to know but i believe you hold down l and that you stop moving and you look around. Oh, so weird. it's all one stick. When you lock onto an enemy, you can strafe. So you stay locked on and you just strafe around the enemy. That's the basics. Yeah, I, I found it interesting to, you know, I don't want to like dwell on, there's so many other games here, I don't want to dwell on this for too long. But if you're a Metroid Prime fan, you will notice that some of the in-game assets that they put into the remaster, in particular the doors is where I noticed it the most. They look like the Metroid Prime Echoes doors. So it's like it's almost like they're trying to mix the two games together, which I thought was very interesting. The soundtracks appear to be intact, which is very important to me. So I'm glad that they are keeping those as they are. All in all, I'm, I'm super excited. I would pay any amount of money for this, and I'm going to. Well, luckily, you don't have to. I thought the price point that they brought it in at. So like as someone who has never played the games before, first of all, I do think adding the twin stick ability is really crucial because for me, that's going to make it way more compelling for me to play. Like, I think I would be frustrated if I had to figure out an old school method of navigating. Yeah, it it would be a tough uh, learning curve for sure. But also like the asset upgrades. Granted, like I obviously didn't play the original, but this looks pretty good. Like it's very obvious. It's like a, a up to date version of an old game. But it still looks really good for what it is. Because they all are really good. No, but like the graphics. And for $39.99, damn. Yeah, I mean, I, it's, I'm nothing. Well, I, I guess I have one or two bad things to say about it that I said. But like on balance, I'm just overwhelmingly excited. So it's, it's, it's a great day for me. It was a great like as a result, a lot of the other stuff here that was in this direct kind of washed over my eyeballs because I was just like, I knew that I was going to get to see a Metroid remaster at some point and i was just kind of waiting for it as i, I watched did, the 45 minutes of footage <laughs> i spoiled <laughs> but, i think the showcase for you a little bit because i didn't even watch the showcase yet but i saw our headline about metroid prime remaster and i immediately sent it to you like i yeah. if i tell you it was like within split seconds of seeing the headline i was like he needs to see this yeah it, it's it's extremely exciting for me the other i would say major headline of course the last thing in the in the uh showcase was more zelda footage which again i have not played breath of the wild I really don't have any skin in this game. I'm anti-Zelda. It's a good thing we have a resident expert on the on the line. It did look really good. So like I'm sure people are extremely excited and it seems like they should be. So that probably I imagine that delivered, but technic, I don't know, you know, did that deliver? I wanna know why there is more calamity. We saved the day on the previous one. How is he back? It seems like Ganon is the main protagonist again, and I wanna know 
how this happened. I'm like baited breath of the wild. <laughs> See what I did there? Of how this happened. It I looks do. great. I think do. it looks like it has the same basic formula with a lot of new kind of vehicles and ways to navigate around the kingdom. I think that's super cool because all you really had before was fast travel or horse or running. And to have like a car, a like airship, that makes it just way more expansive. There was a lot of places that I felt were challenging to climb up to because you'd always have to just like glide and then awkwardly climb and it was just a pain in the neck because you'd run out of energy. So they've basically expanded this open world to now you can go up and you can travel farther. And it's just, oh my goodness, it looks it looks fantastic. And it looks like they're they're not only doing more of the same, but they're building upon it. Yeah, I, I, you know, I, again, I don't think I have the context to really weigh in too much on that one, but I did specifically notice the car for whatever reason. <laughs> that was like one of the things that jumped out to me. I think it looks great. And they're clearly, you know, they saved it for last. It's got, it's got a release date now. I believe it's May 12th. Don't quote me on that, but it's, it's sooner than I thought. I remember thinking that when I saw the date. Another big, I would say maybe the only other big AAA title, although I'm sure I'm not thinking of one, Pikmin 4. That's that was what they led off with in this showcase, and I will say I don't really, really understand the Pikmin games. Same. I never really have. I was gonna say the same thing. Like I watched that full trailer for the game, and I was like, I don't really know what is happening here, but it looks cute. So I've played Pikmin, Resident Expert again. I'm gonna tilt my hat. You I'm guys, so glad we have you do, here. Do you guys even play video games? Like, come on. <laughs> I don't play this one. I've watched people play this one, and I'm like, I don't know what you're doing. It, so it's, let me see. If it's I basically a puzzle game is basically they, what it is do you you pluck the little guys mm-hmm. and then you walk around essentially throwing them at obstacles and if you throw a certain amount at certain obstacles they do it for you a certain that, amount at certain obstacles with certain pikmin that's kind of certain important. colors of pikmin? yeah it needs to be specific colors and some pikmin have like certain attributes like strength or speed or whatever that that are ideal for the task at hand or the monsters that you're going to be battling in that scenario. And so it's it's really just like a clever puzzle game because not only do you have all of those things, but then you have to be careful when night falls because enemies just start coming at you. So like there's a bit of time management in parallel of your puzzle solving. So there's just a, a lot of different factors that you have to be aware of when playing this game. And it just makes it overall a challenging kind of fun experience. And in this one, what was really exciting about it in the trailer is they introduced some new Pikmin, like the Ice Pikmin. I haven't seen those before. And that concept of being able to like freeze waterways and traverse it after it's frozen is super cool. And then there's a dog. Guys. There were a lot of critters. Like... They are just like expanding your tool belt and like that's really exciting and and I'm here for it. Well, I'm sh- again, I'm sure the fans of Pikmin were probably overjoyed to see this. I think it looked yeah, graphically it looked amazing. I don't understand what's happening, but it looks very cute. But yeah, that that's definitely one of the bigger bigger reveals, bigger trailers. I don't know if I want to do this in order. Is there anything specific you guys wanted to shout out? I mean, there was a lot here. This for for a 45-minute showcase, this was dense. I think the big one that I know Tactic is also the resident expert in and is raring to go is Kirby. Resident expert's getting a lot of of airtime here. Do you want to speak to that at all, Tactic, or you just want to say you're excited about it and move on? So she's referring to Kirby Return to Dreamland. And you're playing as a sort of a new character who's lost his abilities and you, which by the way, Kirby is 100% a like underdeveloped Meta Knight. And that's sort of what this character looks like. It's sort of the same thing, but not a Meta Knight because they're knights and this is like a wizardy thingy. But either way, cool new character. You can play it co-op. This looked fine. 
I like the co-op. That got me excited. This is not the one that I wanted to shout out, per se. The one that I wanted to shout out was Harmony of the Fall of Reverie, because this just looked interesting. It looks like you can, like, kind of traverse your own path to, like, leverage different deities and, like, what you... Do you align with chaos? Do you align with anger or whatever? Or or all these different sort of emotional deities and it's just, it just seems like a deep but almost chill vibes kind of game. And like, I like to circle those into my repertoire every now and then. I, uh, we already kind of mentioned the Game Boy and Game Boy Advance games coming to Nintendo Switch. Yeah, that's and in particular, huge. that's huge. And the original WarioWare being announced for Advance kind of makes me want to get whatever the Switch Online Plus expansion pass or whatever. Cause I, I think I have online, I don't know the expansion pass, but man, that looks, yeah, I, I think that's a game changer. I think as they continue to roll out more Game Boy titles, that's going to... Because another one was uh, for the Game Boy, I think, Wario Land 3, which I played Wario Land 2 and loved it. And then also the original Metroid. Just more Metroid. Metroid, well, original Metroid, Metroid, 2, Metroid, right? Metroid. Yeah, it was, it, was Metroid tr- it was Metroid 2. Well, also, can we just call out... So, this is actually really funny. So, a couple months ago, there was a really bad windstorm sort of dealio, and the power was like supposed to go out in our neighborhood. Like, they said a lot of times that the power was going to go out. So I went and dug out my 3DS and I was like, you know what? I would really love to play the Pokemon trading card game, the video game, which I had on my Game Boy and it was great. It's like a story mode. You have to, it's kind of like Pokemon where you're going through and battling trading card gym leaders. It's good stuff. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to find it on the e-store and I bought it. It's coming to the Switch. I'm so excited. This game is dope. I, you know, it's funny. I just recently tried to find my Game Boy Advance, and I have an SP somewhere in the house, and I can't find it. Dude, the SP yeah, was good. the best iteration of the Game Boy. If anyone disagrees, agreed. you can fight me. But it was so Completely good. Completely agreed. Um, that was where that was where Game Boy and and J- Nintendo handheld in general peaked for me there. So I need to I need to take that out. But yeah, that was a big one. The other one I want to shout out. There's only other, one other one that really kind of piqued my curiosity, which was Illusion Island. I thought was very interesting. And this is the game that I thought actually look it's in the side scrollerness and in the character abilityness and in the enemy abilityness, it kind of looked like a little bit like a Metroid Dread. Metroid Dread Light. Probably not as hard as Metroid Dread. But uh, I think this one looked pretty interesting. I don't know how I feel about the Disney licensing. I wish it was something else, if I'm being honest. But I think it could be that fun. one looked pretty cool. And then I was lying. One more. Ghost Trick Phantom Detective. What an interesting premise for a game. You're dead and you can inhabit other objects to save people's lives. Puzzle game. You know, I felt that this showcase, I don't want to necessarily point out like each one by name, but it felt like there were a lot of puzzly, almost like dialogue heavy type games where you have to like, I don't know, not narratively driven. Yeah, narratively driven. Like you have to solve puzzles or something by talking to people. And I think that's really cool. And I think it's something that the Switch is uniquely positioned for right now because I don't know about you guys, but I just find when you're reading a lot of dialogue, it's just hard on your TV super far away. But in handheld mode, man, that is perfect. That is just something super perfect. Well, I I will say that like I think in general, smaller indie titles like that just feel so much more at home on the Switch. So, you know, yeah, I think I, I think I think we're agreeing. I think all around it, it, it just kind of feels that way. And yeah, with narratively driven games in general, or in particular, it, it feels that way. One that I wanted to like, Deca Pol- Police, and I thought it looked interesting. I thought it was terrible trailer design. It was like you're in a digital city and you're like solving cases and they were playing like crazy techno music during the entire trailer. And I was like, the energy of this is just wrong. Think about the music in your trailers, game game designers. Can we also a, a uh, 
talk about a Tron game that doesn't feature riding a bike. Yeah, I don't really understand that one either. I remember when that one was announced, I was like, that sounds really interesting. And I watched the trailer and I was like, this doesn't look very interesting. <laughs> but I don't know. Uh, again, pretty dialogue driven. So if you're into that kind of thing, this is it looks like more of that. But I, I think when you're in that universe, you probably want more. But maybe that's just me. Also, a lot of expansion packs in here. Fire Emblem Engage, uh, Splatoon 3. Mario Kart. And I'm sure others. Mario Kart, yeah. Um, is getting getting some more courses and a new character. Is Hayes excited? Oh, yeah. Does she know? She's good, actually good question. But <laughs> when she does, when her. she does, she will be. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, again, there's a lot here. Anything else you guys want to specifically shout out before we move on to what we've been up to? Yes. Oh, go ahead. The last one I want to shout out is Omega Strikers. So when we had Illegal and his wife over for board game night, we played a game on Rabbids that was literally identical to Omega Strikers. And let me tell you, really, they yeah. destroyed us. Oh yeah, you don't remember? You might, you probably blacked there was out. We an got air we got hockey wrecked. version of this game. It blacked out. It was it was soccer, but it's I mean it's the same thing. It was it was such a narrow view that it was basically this exact game, but on rabbits. And you, I'm surprised you weren't hyped about this because you guys did really well in that. Yeah, my my wife and I should probably go professional with this game. You, you make a very good point. <laughs> it looks like Mario Strikers, which I have played for about five minutes and thought was fun, but this one's free to play. So that seems pretty cool. Yeah. Omega Strikers. But hey, I'll, I'll beat you at that sometime. How about that? No. Okay. Oh, I do remember getting beaten now. Never mind. Yeah. Soundly beaten. So yeah, if there's anything else we missed in the Nintendo Direct that you guys wish we would have talked about, we have Twitters. At Online Warriors, one is our main show account. We have at OW Illegal 86. That's my account. At OW Tactic and at OW Nerd Bomber. Hit us up there. Let us know. What games you thought looked interesting, not good? What games, again, that we, we did not touch on that you wish we had? Happy to have a conversation with you all. In the meantime, it's time for What Are You Up To Wednesday? We should change it to What Have You Been Up To Wednesday? Nerdbomber, why don't you kick us off this week? All right. So my biggest thing is I finally started playing Pokemon Violet. And I know I touched on this a little bit last week, but I've really kind of sunk my teeth into it now. And initially I was kind of off put because there's a lot of frame rate issues in this game. And I mean, that's no secret. I think one of the biggest storylines when this game came out was that it was like graphically buggy and not what people were expecting in terms of level of fidelity. And that is all very true. And it took me a little bit to stop noticing all of the frame rate drums. Like I, now it's like to the point where I just don't even notice because it happens so often. It's just like whatever. But the game itself is actually pretty good. And, you know, it's got the good mix of the classic Pokemon experience where you're catching Pokemon. You've got the turn-based battles, all that kind of good stuff. You're training them to raise them up to a level so that they can evolve. And They've also then infused this open world exploration. And I think what really helps the open world feel not so empty is the fact that there's multiple storylines. You're not just out there, you know, trying to get all of the different gym badges and beat the Elite Four. There's kind of like these tertiary side missions that you can chip away at. And I find the side missions to be a little bit more compelling than just, you know, going out and getting badges. You know, the stories are pretty interesting. One story in particular really, you know, tugs at my heartstrings a little bit. and I, I really enjoy it. And I, I find it just really cool. Like, I find that I tend to get lost in open worlds. And sometimes it's a little bit overwhelming when it's a big game like, say, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, right? I'll end up sinking like 200 hours into that game. And I feel like I still didn't 
see everything that I wanted to see. Because this is such a more contained experience, like the open world doesn't feel daunting. And it feels though that there's enough to explore to keep you coming back. And they've also added a bunch of like things that you can find along the way. In addition to just Pokemon, there's pickups all over the place, things like you can find TMs scattered throughout the world, Pokeballs, items that you'd normally have to buy from shops, like all that kind of stuff is just kind of scattered about. So it makes exploring feel like there's, you know, a reward at the end and it makes you want to see everything. And I'm really enjoying it. I found, you know, Sword and Shield is a little bit too easy for me too. And I think the difficulty level in Scarlet and Violet really righted itself where, you know, depending on how you progress in the open world and what direction you go in, like I am hitting areas where I'm vastly overleveled because I went to more difficult areas first. But overall, like I didn't find it easy out of the gate. And that's kind of what I want in a Pokemon experience. And in Some of the past few games, I've found that it was way too easy and it almost felt a little bit like there's no challenge here. You want to earn it. Exactly. Like, even if you do the hard stuff first and do the other stuff later, when you're doing that other stuff, you're like, well, I earned this. Exactly. And it just felt like in the past entries into the series, like I didn't earn it right out of the gate. It was super easy to level up my Pokemon. And then I just ran train on the rest of the game. And, you know, I earned it this time and it feels good. And there's a lot to explore. So I'm having a really good time. My only issue is that I need to connect with one of my friends to evolve my Haunter into a Gengar. And the timing's just not been lining up right. And I want a Gengar. Gengar. Keep us updated. Yeah. Keep us updated. On, on the, <laughs> wow, that made me uncomfortable. Keep us updated on that. Cool. Anything else to update us on this week? No, you know, that's pretty much been it. Taking care of animals and playing Pokemon. So fun stuff. Word. I will go next. Kind of a similar update, not a whole lot going on in my camp, but I'm on chapter 12 of Dead Space, which is the last chapter. Ooh, that was quick. It is a masterpiece. I've put in almost exactly 13 hours, so I'll probably end with around 14, maybe a little bit less. I've hit the point in the game, there, there, there is a difficulty curve in the game that if you do your due diligence, so, so, so the game, one of the things I love about it, it is not an open world, but it's, it you know, in this version, it's a little bit more open than the previous, than the, than the original, because it allows you to backtrack and gives you reasons to backtrack in the form of what they call security overrides and clearance levels. So basically, if you, as you progress through the game, you get higher security clearance and you can access certain doors with, with certain goodies behind them. And there are also side missions, which is also new in the remake, and they reward you pretty handsomely. So the game rewards you for doing that. And the game generally rewards you for scavenging, which I really enjoy. So I'm at the point in the game now, as we get towards the end, where, you know, I've leveled my suit up all the way. I have a lot of power nodes. Um, I have a lot of credits I don't even know what to do with other than just buy more power nodes. And it's a good feeling. I feel very strong going into the last, you know, the final big boss. I have died a pretty good amount, though. I think I think the diff and this again, something I loved about the original, I think the difficulty level is very well dialed in. Like, I'm never bored. I never feel like it's too easy. I am challenged with enough frequency where, you know, I can't just rest on my laurels at any given time. So really, really loving it. Uh, we'll be finished with it soon. And then probably going to be moving on to Returnal because I don't know. Again, I don't know what I'm going to, I might hold off on Metroid Prime for a little bit just because I have some other games sitting in my backlog and I'm really enjoying the PS5 right now. So Returnal is probably on deck. It's also a pretty similar vibe to Dead Space. I think I'm, I'm in that headspace right now pretty firmly. Other than that... I also want to shout out a book that I started reading, Ooh. Uh, which you which you guys got me. 
Uh, it's called yes. The Age of Cage. How is it? And it's, you know what? It's really interesting. I'm not super far into it yet, so I don't want to give, well, I don't, I don't, I don't know there's much I can give away necessarily, but the thing that's interesting about the book that I really appreciate is that it is not a cookie cutter biography. And in fact, it makes very clear in the, in the opening, like, I think there's a, a foreword or whatever, basically says, this is more so about how, how he, what he has done in an era of cinema that has constantly changed and reimagined itself and reinvented itself. And he has managed to remain relevant during that entire time. So it's tracking him throughout, but it's also saying, you know, in the sixties, Hollywood was this way. And in the seventies, it was this way. And he was growing up during those two periods and he adapted in such and such ways, getting these different roles at different times that kind of kept him afloat. And so as we get into in particular, the mo- his more recent years, I'm really curious to see how that story shifts to what he is now, which is definitely still relevant, but, you know, doing a lot of like direct to VOD movies. Because the book is pretty current, so it should cover the weird. Yes, definitely. <laughs> direct to video on demand sort of movies. So, yeah. So I'm really enjoying it so far. We'll continue to update on that. But yeah, for right now, that's that's pretty much it for me. So I'll swing it over to, to Tactic to round us out. So the main thing that I want to talk about is I started playing a new game. It was actually a Christmas present from Nerd Bomber, and that is Sonic Frontiers. It is a open world Sonic game. You can traverse the main world, but there's also like portals you enter to do the standard, you know, racing levels. So it has a lot of brings me back to honestly Sonic Adventure Battle 2, the 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 OG. So it, it feels good, it plays well. It's a lot of fun. It. I don't know how long the story is. I feel like so you need to get Chaos Emeralds to proceed, and I haven't put a lot of hours in it. And I've and I've already got six out of seven of the emeralds. So I'm hoping something happens to like knock me back, and that it's not a super short story. But we'll see. Because I don't want to look up anything. I want to be surprised by the whole experience. But so far, yeah, it, it's playing really well. It's exceeding my expectations of this game, and I'm having a great time. I have a serious question for you. How is the soundtrack? I know you really love the Sonic soundtracks. Is it a banger? Again, nothing compares to Sonic Adventure Battle 2, but and and the the soundtrack is exclusive in the races. It's not like all the time. There is some songs and things like that when like a boss shows up in the open world, but they're they're not really it's more like da 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 like like suspenseful music than it is a banger. So Sorry, it, what was it like? Capital F fine is is how I would call this this soundtrack on this one so far. Well, awesome, cool. I uh, assuming that's it. Uh, Nerd bomber, I think you have a quiz for us today. I do have a quiz. All right, so this week's quiz topic is none other than T Swizzle Taylor Swift. No reaction. Swifties. Okay. Swifties <laughs> I, I I don't know. I'm not a Swifty. I thought it was going to be Adam Sandler for whatever reason. <laughs> We should do that one next week. That'd be a good one. Yeah. So this is Taylor Swift trivia. As always, press is right style. I'm just, I'm still going back to that. Just long silence. No reaction. Uh, I am. Yeah. So it's fine. We let you down there. Uh, (laughs) I'll try to be more excited as I give my answers. How about that? So numerical answers only. You have to try to get as close as you can without going over. I tried to pick non-obvious questions here. So here we go. And I think we're all tied up across the board for in terms of our record. Yeah, we're all two and two. So I need to start. I'm thinking of a number in my head between one through five. Give me a guess. Eight. One through five. Eight. (laughs) Three. Uh, Okay. Okay, You said three. I'm going to say four. 
Okay, it was four. So that means that you get the advantage. Tectic goes first. Almost eight, but four. Okay, cool. All right. How many Guinness World Records does Taylor Swift hold? Eight. You son of a bitch. Boy, I feel like that's a pretty strong guess. Only because it's literally the number in your head right now. I'm going to say one. I think it's less than that. Wow, you guys are underestimating her. She has 92 Guinness World Records. I was closer. So Tectic is she doing feats of strength? There's apparently a lot of musically related world records. So and she holds a bunch of them. So right now Tectic is on top. Boyfriends, am I right? (laughs) I think you are. I mean, yeah, that's kind of like her thing. Yes, no. She did a she did have like a folksy sort of like storytelling few albums. Anyway, the record I think my favorite song of Taylor Swift is "Shake It Off." Just want that on the record. That is a bop. It is a bop. Haters, haters gonna hate, 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 hate. All right. So did you know Taylor Swift was actually on CSI? In what year did she appear on that show? No, just CSI. First of all, I did not know that. CSI. Well, this would have been a a long while ago because that was was one of the first, that was the first CSI. I mean, we're not talking Jesus times here, but we're, we're in the 2000s. She was a youngster. She was a child. She was a child who was a victim of something. I'm going to go with... 2005 2006 he has evoked the plus one and it worked out very well for him she was on csi in 2009 so i was pretty close yeah you, I, just want you that, close. I want that made clear yeah okay fair enough i'll bounce back so I'm swifty this next one this is a uh, according to i believe buzzfeed so apparently when she was 12 she purportedly wrote a novel which has not been published or released to the public as of yet how many pages is that novel, allegedly? Well, I love this question. This is, this is one of the better questions we've had. This is 432 pages. Way too many. One. He has used his one. And that worked out well for him as well, because it was 350 pages. She was 12, man. Although 350, also very impressive. Maybe she's really big font. No, I, I, you know, she's a wordsmith. I can see her banging out a good That's novel. That's what I was thinking. I, th- I was thinking it was going to be like Mondo font. Uh, okay, I'm on the board. I'm still alive. All right. So Taylor Swift is a big cat lover and her cats are very well known, have, have their own like kind of presence on social media. She shares photos and videos of her cats a lot. How much is one of Taylor Swift's cats, Olivia Benson, purportedly worth? Amazing name for a cat. I just want to say that right off the bat. It's just cats, this cat's worth a good, a good amount of money. This cat is worth $50,000. This is an expensive cat. One, you are these are these questions are amazing. Okay, you you hit every single one out of yeah. The you park. you've you've dug extremely deep. But this it's, cat, it's very well researched. This cat is worth more than I am right now, for sure. And I don't know how what, much two, I'm worth. Two bucks. So I'm going to say, actually, yeah, I have debt. So it doesn't mean I'm worth like nothing. Anyway, I'm going to say that this cat is worth two hundred thousand dollars. What was your guess, illegal? Fifty thousand dollars. All right, Tectic takes this question and I believe takes the trivia home. The cat is worth $97 million, guys. It is a very That's expensive. You is, can't have that Google expensive it. of a cat. Google it. It has no assets. It's all over. This I'd actually, rather not. This is actually I'd a net worth is based on assets. What are its assets? Cat sets. <laughs> Literally, though, know. if you Google this, it was like a big news story in the last like two weeks or whatever that her cat is worth this much money. So what, I don't they know. Have it appraised? I don't know. I don't, I don't know if it's like insurance policies. I didn't. I dug deep, but not that deep. So it might be a combination of insurance policies or even like social media influence. We all know. 
that's I'm just sure a social media profile is an asset. I'm picturing like a Frenchman just like looking this cat over and like twirling his mustache and being like, "This is one. This is one nice cat." Is this cat? Is it fungible? Is it fungible? It that's is, a really good question. <laughs> <laughs> it is not an NFT cat. I can tell you that. Uh, okay, I accept the loss, but let's do the last question because these are these are A plus bangers. All every, every one of them. All right, so this one is not as much of a banger, but I felt like because of the latest album and how many records she broke, I did have to, you know, do a stat about the Midnight's album. Obviously, it was a record breaker. How many sales in album units did it achieve in its first week? 23 million sales. 23 million and one sales. All right, yeah, both busted. It was 1.578 million equivalent album units. 23 is a lot. Yeah. Oh, it is a lot, but yeah. Because I didn't want to do twenty-two. I don't. I don't know about you. Oh, you weren't feeling twenty-two. <laughs> I see what you did. I dropped to. I dropped to two and three. Tectic to three and two. Tectic takes the lead, and uh, I'm on a bit of a skid here. I don't know if I've lost three in a row, but it feels that way. So next week I will be playing against Nerd Bomber, trying to regain my honor. If any of that is left, you have so, to. Um... Start doing your anger Boba Fett watching as your loser's reward, I suppose. Thank you for the reminder. Uh, I've been so excited to do that. <laughs> I'll be I'll be getting on that probably sometime this week. In the meantime, we thank you all for sticking around, listening with us, uh, listening to us rather, and hanging out with us. And if you want to leave a review on Apple Podcasts, hit us up there. Hit us up on Twitter, handles previously mentioned in the episode. And of course, hit us up on Patreon, patreon.com slash online warriors podcast. Consider giving back to the show. We thank you all for being here and we'll see you next week. In the meantime, stay safe and keep on podcasting.